No holes barred in the new year. Fucking new year, jockass. Yeah, many years. It's uh, fitting because I think we started these podcasts, Aaron, in early 2017. So we're entering our fifth year of doing these shows together because it was when we were building the original GWWE Greatest WWE Wrestler Ever list that we started doing Making the Cut and Made the Cut and all those that eventually bored into No Holds Barred. That's right. Was our first one Marty Jannetty? You know, I was trying to go back and look. Um, he was definitely one of the first ones, if not the first one. We actually had a couple that we did, like, groups as well. Right. But, yeah, they're up there. Yeah, those pod blasts were fun. I remember I did one with Greg Phillips about Seth Rollins. hmm And I did one with Ben, too, but I can't remember what the hell the guy was at this point. Right. It's only been five years, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to look back because it was like making the cut, but then we also had like they weren't even called that yet. I think they were. So we had nine making the cuts. But that um, was our list, right? That was us going through our list. Or that was no, that we had making the cut and then made the cut. So we okay. did five making the cuts, I believe. And then we had made the cut after. And this now is the making of making the cut. That's what we're doing here, yes. So, yes. so basically, we've decided here at the uh, Place to Be in the North South family is to. Uh, revisit this GWE list five years out, uh, which is, feels like a good look back period because a lot has changed over time. We've spent time not only you know watching new wrestlers come in and apply their apply their trade on television and perhaps build cases, or wrestlers that had maybe just debuted or like right around the time we did the list last time that weren't quite have enough of a case yet, but also just through doing other projects. So like through doing Place to Be podcast where we revisited, uh, you know, went through the whole house show science man event era of WWF from 85 to 92 a wrestling war zone with Chad and I going through some of the Monday war stuff, you know, you and I doing a lot of the rumble watching. So like just going through and watching more footage of the last five years definitely would make informed changes. So it felt like a good yeah. time to revisit this list. And we wanted to do this a little bit differently because I think we had a back and forth, right? First we debated like, should we wait and just do this in 2023 and reveal our list again? But then we had nothing to do for 2022. Right. Yes, yes, we needed something. So we decided to just do it now, but with a little twist. So we're basically going to refresh and build our list while revealing it on the fly, knowing that we can also adjust it as we go throughout the year because we want to participate. And the, the goal of the project is to spend the year kind of revisiting your list, watching footage, deciding who belongs where. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend the first 11 months of this year revealing our list, which is... <laughs> not a lot of time spent, but we took our list from 2017. You and I both spent a couple hours just kind of cleaning up our list, making some changes. We're going to reveal that 10 guys at a time or ladies at a time every month through this year. In December, then we're going to say, okay, what did we learn from this year that should inform any changes that we've already revealed and put together our final list, if that makes sense. It makes absolute sense. And uh, just so we throw it out there too, like I, we, you did kind of mention we're building, but yes, we like the whole thing is that we are, we're still in the process of considering. So maybe some things will sound off the first time you hear them, but it's because we're working it out. And maybe sometimes it'll sound off because you very much disagree with our views on wrestling, but that's fine too. Agreed. No. All right. So the way we're going to go about this is today we're going to cover uh, 29 wrestlers. We're going to go quick through them. So this really is our kind of just missed a list group. And also we'll call out ones that dropped because obviously we've had an influx of talent. I've added, I think it's like 11 people to my list that weren't there in 2017. So that's 11 that got cut. So we'll talk about those that got cut and why. 
we'll get through 101 today. And then in February, we'll do 100 through 91 and on and on from there until we get all the way through the list. That sounds like a great idea. Now, just something I'd like to kind of throw out there, too, um, that as I was going through my list, and, and this will probably be a recurring theme, right? But I'd urge anybody to kind of start looking at the times that some of these modern guys have been in there. Because one of the things I keep coming back with is, I'll give you a perfect example. And this, I don't want to throw this out as like something that's necessarily just a really clear example. Um, I'm like, what do I do with a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura? He's right. on my list. So we're not going to talk about him today, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like, he's got at least two or three matches that are legitimately great. And one, like I consider like an all-time great, right? Right. But then I'm like, how does he compare to a guy like a Mr. Perfect? I know that sounds like a weird comparison, right? Because Mr. Perfect, you think, oh my God, he's a foundational building block and stuff like that. But then you're like, okay, well, Nakamura's matches are probably better. Right. But like Perfect's are not. But then I started thinking, fuck, Nakamura's been there for five years, mm -hmm. six years. And, and, and it's kind of alarming to me that some of these guys that like I would, I would throw away because I'm like, oh, they just got there. Right. I've actually been there forever. Like Johnny Gargano's at six years. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we look back, like Rick Rude is in the company for like three years. It, it's, it's a weird kind of like. And, and honestly, the current years are, you know, it's like a dog year thing, right? And we've talked about many podcasts before where five years now is almost like 10 then. So it's even more glaring, right? It's like rude of three years doesn't even come close to, you know, Gargano of six because Gargano's volume of big time matches on pay-per-view and constantly on TV outweighs rude who maybe did a bunch of squashes on TV, has some signing Smith event and some, you know, house show and, and pay-per-view stuff. So it's like the volume of matches is even greater too, which also then, Leads to a potential volume of lesser end stuff too, right? For some guys, that's where yeah. maybe some like a Nakamura does get hurt, right? Because they just had less, um, more chances to have less quality stuff given the structure of TV. It's like you almost have to compare a guy like Rude squash matches to a guy like Nakamura having four minute TV matches. With sure, it's not a squash, but it's it's not designed to be a great match. Yeah, and I think that's why it, it, because of that comparison, it's hard with the newer guys because the in ring quality is so strong. Right. Right. Um, that's why I think it's really important that we just kind of give a quick overview of the NJPW system. Yes. Why don't you do that? Sir? So, I mean, so NJPW is not uh, new Japanese pro wrestling, <laughs> uh, new Japan pro wrestling. It's a system we came up with. Well, I don't remember who came up with it, but someone came up with it five years ago when we we're doing the GWWE. And it's basically ranking these guys in four categories. So N is nuance. J is jump up moments. P is promos. And W is wrestling ability. That's right, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So it's kind of a four-tier system that allows us to say, okay, well, look, like uh, a guy like uh, – who someone might not talk about. A guy like Tyler Bate, right? He's not on any of our lists, right? Right, right. A right. guy like Tyler Bate would probably score a 10 in wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. But then almost a zero and everything else. So it's it's right. almost like okay, well that's that makes sense then that he doesn't make our list. So it's a four it's a four pronged list that helps us give a a more balanced view of each guy. Right, because like you said, I mean, just in ring quality has jumped so much. 
not even just that the wrestlers are better. Like I'm confident a guy like Mr. Perfect could hang in today's environment. Right. But sure. he just didn't have to. So it's, just, it's just different. So we wanted to make sure we balance all aspects of what makes a great WWF WWE wrestler. And that does include stuff like promo ability and jump up moments. Like that's just what the company's built on. And maybe in a funny way, more so now than ever with the um, focus on moments and all that stuff. Right. Like that's, that's big too. Yeah. Well, the whole company's based on moments now. So, yep. All right, well, let's get into it. So we've we've got a uh, we've got 129 guys to get through today. Mm-hmm. Today. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Where, why don't you start us off with the person who is least likely to like? He's he's like basically at 129 on your list. Okay, and I'm gonna cheat because I ended up doing a 130. Um, uh, <laughs> because there was someone I forgot that I just added, but my I will just say real quick, my 130 is Matt Bourne, uh, who is as far as on the list you can get, but I really enjoy him as Doink. Uh, heel donkey is great. We just don't have a ton of content from him in that role. You know, he's fine as Matt Bourne in the mid eighties. Didn't really do much, but, uh, I think he deserved at least to get a name drop due to his work as evil doink. He would have been one eleven on my list last time without all the cuts and new additions. So, right. I mean, yeah, that's just, a, that's just a situation of needing more evil doink. Like if we had had a longer run of evil doink and it's him, right. he probably finishes higher on the list. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, who's your 129? Bob Holly. So he was at the bottom of my list last time. He was at 113, and now he's at 129. Just, I mean, no fault of his own. He's just in the same spot. Like, he's just Bob Holly. He's fine. He's got some good stuff, uh, really good character work with the hardcore stuff with him and Crash. Uh, You know, he's got a ton of volume, honestly, what, like 12, 13 years on the company. Fine worker. He's got his ups and downs. It's by by the end, it was a little bit much, but I think there's enough in there, especially in that little stretch in '99 to 2000, where he made the change to Hardcore Holly, had the fun stuff with Crash, and then almost became like a sneaky underground favorite in 2000, along with the other workers that came in. Like he was always name dropped to those guys. I think he was starting to piece it together before he got hurt when Angle broke his forearm, but. Um, like that match he has with Triple H is pretty good. And they, even the match where Angle hurts him is pretty good. So I feel like he was actually gaining cred as like, you know, you have the four from four guys from WCW that jumped. You had Taz, you had Jericho, you had Angle, and you had Holly. Like, I just feel like he always get kind of thrown in the mix with those guys, just like from fans of the web. He was like an underground favorite. Yeah, he's one of those guys that without those, I mean, not that I, I would never trade those four guys coming in for anybody mm-hmm. else, but he's probably the one that took the brunt. Him and Taz probably took right. the brunt the most of those guys coming in at that to- at that point. I agree. My right, number, yep. He doesn't make my list. He doesn't make my 129. Um, my number 129 is uh, Vader. Mm, I did I not like have I, Vader on mine. I was like, ah, you know, like I, th- I thought about it and like he's a guy that I always wanted more from. Right. But I think he's a really interesting character. I think you guys talked about this at length way back on the Place to Be Nation, uh, on the Place to Be podcast, where you talked about him coming in possibly at the wrong time. And I think that's very true. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, he's got a. I, I like his run with Michaels. I think the match at SummerSlam is is great, despite Michaels' little fit. I think Vader's is go- Vader is good in it. And I think he's also really good in that fatal four way. And he's just kind of this really interesting, different character during this point. Promos are always good. But he kind of lacks on the jump up, and um, he's just a guy I wanted more from. But I yeah. wanted to kind of throw him a name, too, because I did like him. Yeah, I think Chad and I have watched pretty much the bulk of his initial run on Wrestling Warzone before we hit our pause at SummerSlam. And he's just never booked well, honestly. Like, mm. 
through a lot of that year before they heat up him for Sean, he's booked as the bully that cowers when he's punched in the face type of thing. So, like, he's always cheating to win. Cornette's helping him. He cowers when he's one-on-one. Like, that's how they present him. Not as, like, a monster, but as, like, a giant, like, the kid in Christmas Story. <laughs> Finally gets yeah. punched by Ralphie. Like, right, that's kind of, like, what he's presented as. Um, and Chad and I were down on him quite a bit, honestly, until he hit the SummerSlam match, which is very good. But even after that, just in my mind's eye, like, he doesn't do much again until that Final Four match, like you said. Yeah. And then he's got the fun thing with Shamrock, but that's really just because he takes a shit kicking. It takes yeah. a stiff, you know, barrage from Shamrock. And then he's got good stuff with Taker in there. But then even by then, he's like starting to flame out as a face. Like his face bump doesn't last very long. And then he's calling himself a fat shit. So, look, I always <laughs> enjoyed him, but I think his yeah. run is just completely bungled. And he didn't help himself because he came in, he was hurt. He didn't tell them. So he has the awesome debut at the Rumble, but then he goes on the shelf till Mania. And like that right. completely stunted any excitement he had after he destroyed Gorilla on Raw. Was killed by the fact that he was pretty much off TV for months because of the shoulder injury. Now, you want to hear something a bit interesting about them? How many more pay-per-view matches do you think Bob Howley has than Vader? How many more pay-per-view matches Holly has than Vader? Yeah. 60. Five. Wow, really? Yeah, but I mean, because like, when I did the year that was, I have a running tally of how many papers. Now, it's possible I'm off by one or two. I wouldn't be off by 60. Um, but Bob Holly has 27 pay-per-view matches, and Vader has 22. How is that possible? I don't know. Vader think... had 22 pay-per-view matches? Yeah. I guess. He was, like, on every show for three years, so. Yeah. And then he came back, right? <laughs> like for, yeah. like, that one-off. <laughs> Yeah, Bob Holly's for my for me his average star rating two point six five, Vader's two point seven one. Yeah, it's more than the pay per views though for me for Holly. Yes, like, of course, he's of course. A better character with. The, I just saw I just saw that and was shocked that it was that. I would have never guessed it was that close. Yeah. Yeah. Who's one twenty eight for you? Oh, uh, one twenty eight is uh, Bob Holly's one time tag team partner Billy Gunn. Ah. <laughs> Who, again, is stays in his spot. I pretty much just dropped these guys straight down the list. So he was 112 last time. Obviously, you know, great tag worker. Has a lot to his credit. On a, like from just a pure counting stats, was his tag champion. Mm-hmm. And was part of the, one of the hottest acts in the world, the DX in 98. But otherwise, just again, diminishing returns. He stuck around too long. Has that comeback in 20, whatever is 13, 14, which was kind of blocked the outlaws. Uh, it just, it and whatever like the mr ass stuff was bungled he wins the king of the ring and just he was he was elevated further than he should have been at points and i think that actively hurt him yeah i mean i i bumped him completely off um but he's a guy that like should have been higher based on his athleticism like when you watched him in ring he was he's actually a, i thought he was a good tag worker yeah it's really the singles run like if he had just had a like a mediocre singles run instead of a bad singles run I think you're probably talking like on the cusp of a hundred. Right. But I don't, yeah, I mean like he was always good in the tags, but just not great there. His jump ups are not great. Even his King of the Ring win is like, it's disappointing. Right. No, and I guess that's, sucks, yeah. and I guess that's <laughs> the biggest moment of his career. And when the biggest moment of his career is disappointing, then yeah, what can you do with him? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 128 is someone that I really struggled with because I was like, I don't like him. I've never liked him. But people like him, and he's heavily pushed, and he's been such a major part of TV, and that's Bray Wyatt. Like, I just didn't know what to do with this guy, but I figured he he warranted at least some discussion because 
he's been positioned as basically a main event guy from basically, I mean, 2013 until his until they released him. Right. He's been in, either on the cusp or in the main event. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most heavily pushed guys. People really like him. I thought that both characters had like this incredible potential that was squandered, just squandered because they didn't know what to do with it. Um, but where he really suffers is he's just not a good in-ring worker at all. Right. But that being said, he's part of a couple of matches that are genuinely great. Like he's part of that shield match with the Wyatt family. And maybe he's the worst person in it, but he doesn't look off in it. Like he looks fine in it. You know, he's got a legitimately great match with Daniel Bryan too. So he's a hard one to place. I find. So I didn't have him listed at all. Uh, I just think the, the end of his run really hurt. And like you said, it's tons of missed potential. And outside of that Brian match, like whatever really hit. And it started early, like him getting jobbed out to Cena in 14 was such a oh. bad mistake. And then just all the stuff with the, you know, well, yes, the Firefly Funhouse stuff was cool at first. Completely derailed the career of Alexa Bliss, who did not make my list and maybe would have without that. Like completely right. wrecking her, you know. Um, just like a guy that has these ideas that wasn't reined in. Uh, or it wasn't able to give him the ability to deliver on them. Like a cult idea is great, but it's hard to pay off in the world of wrestling. Like, what are you really going to do? Like, you're you not going to kill people. So no, like, you needed people to follow him. Like, right. like, I mean, what, what you needed with him was that his stable kept growing and growing and growing because he was bringing people on. And the problem with that is there was tons of guys in that era who were just doing nothing. Right. Like Kane is doing nothing. Yeah. Like when he beats that. Kane, Kane can't become a follower. You know, like it, it's, I mean, I, I almost don't blame him for how horribly this was bungled. No, but it just never gave him a chance to really pop off and deliver these moments that he yeah. should have had. Like, you know, watching ECW in the mid nineties with Raven is how would be the template. Right. And it was simple. They never over orchestrated. They said, Raven has mind control and guys would just do whatever <laughs> the fuck he told them to do. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, it's very simple. You know what I mean? Like it could have easily been done that way. Yeah. And they just didn't. And then maybe it's because they knew he didn't have the chops to back it up. Nah, I just think they're incompetent. <laughs> Honestly, there's also that. Right. Uh, all right. So next up is 127. Uh, That's my first addition to the list. The modern star is Io Shirai, who I really enjoy all of her work in NXT. Um, you know, we've talked about this before, and I'm not going to lie or run from it. Right. I'm just not as super dialed in to NXT uh, as I probably should have been over the last X amount of years. I hope to rectify that as part of uh, WWE War, Wrestling Above Replacement. Mark has a nice um, project they're working on. NXT years are going to be part of that. So I should be catching up a lot of the stuff over the coming years. But it's just a blind spot for me. But I know I like her, especially when she turned heel. I loved when she had the different music <laughs> for the intro and for the exit. Yeah. Uh, just kind of the warped, like, ecstasy, you know, vibe feel to her entrance and exit. Uh, but I know she goes crazy. She's awesome in the ring. Really has a strong connection with the fans, too. Like, she has that natural charisma that jumps off the page. And uh, I just hope I hope they can find some way to convey that to the main roster like she had in NXT uh, for a while. So, yeah, I think she's someone that if we did this in five years from now, like, I see her being firmly on my list. Yeah, I had her at 126, so she's maybe, like, two spots ahead. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I love all her stuff. I just want more. Yes. Right. Like I need that may like I like the NXT like it's too bad because she's kind of the queen of NXT Mm -hmm. during the period where I'm not invested in NXT at all. So that's what's that's what's tough about it for her. (laughs) But I mean, she's so good. Like Mm -hmm. she's so, so good. I'm interested to see if they um, I say that, but I don't really want her to go to the main roster because 
you know, they'll do, they'll, they'll make her a pirate or something. Right. So, um, yeah, but We're, definitely yeah, worthy sure. of conversation. Uh, my one twenty seven is also from, uh, an NXT grad and that's Matt Riddle. Um, I think Matt Riddle, I mean, I don't know now because I, I struggle so much with the modern product. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in the midst of trying to rewatch 2021 and I'm like, I just feel like, like pulling my hair out, you know, like, cause like it's, it's such a, like you watch the guys and you're like, holy shit, these guys are really good athletes. And for the most part, like putting on good matches, but then the presentation is so terrible with everything yeah. else that I, I mean, I thought, like, and you and I thought WrestleMania was great. And it's it like, but other than that, it's like, yeah. Well, it's also to you right back to the Thunderdome. Right. Right. And like, I mean, I've harped on this before, but like Michael Cole is like, he's so bad. Mm-hmm. Like he, and I think I kind of pinpointed it and like not to get too far off track, but like he, he calls the, the, the show like it's a radio show right. as opposed to a visual medium. Like there's this bit where uh, someone's pa- pinning. Oh, it was the, I was watching Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan from, um, uh, Fastlane or whatever the fucking February pay-per-view was. See, I can't even remember, but like, you know, there's a lot of cheating, right? And mm-hmm. like Vince McMahon or gorilla monsoon, when that would happen, would be like, Oh my God, not like this. Like there'd be like, they'd be, they'd be infusing it with how they feel about it. Right. Whereas Michael Cole, when Reigns pins, Brian just goes and Roman Reigns pins, Daniel Bryan, like no right. emotion, nothing. And it's like, but we're watching it. Like we're watching it. We know what's happening. You don't have to like, like it's good to like call the moves, but like you don't have to tell them, oh, Daniel Bryan flipped over the top rope. I know I can watch. <laughs> anyway, yes. anyway, it drives me insane. But, uh, but back to Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, I think, is one of these guys that I feel should have been, like he should be the guy, right? Am I insane to think that? Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think you're accurate. He's not on my list. Again, probably a blind spot by being this most recent era of NXT. And I, I saw, <clears throat> obviously we saw his match live in, in New York, which was really good. And oh, he's got so good, good stuff, but uh, I don't know. It just has, I haven't had that connection yet. And I'm sure him and Orton have been seem fun together as a team. Uh, you know, and this is the off the field stuff with him too. That like kind of clouds on me, like the birds you read out there. Yeah. No, just other issues. Oh, uh, I see. You know, read out there in the social media verse which just kind of puts a tint on them so I, I don't know i just i just have a hard time connecting with them for some reason is murder is murder still our line for being off the list <laughs> well i can tell you there's two murderers that not on my list so yes yeah, okay yes okay so me too <laughs> those are off my list too uh yeah i just want to give riddle some love i think he's really good i think he's really interesting um i don't know i just want i uh, like to me he should probably be the guy who beats roman reigns but i feel like he's getting too old now so yeah, I, I don't. Um, I think he's fine just peaking where he's at. Like, yeah. like, like Nakamura. Honestly, I know Nak did have a world title run, but like on the older end, just be like the quality gatekeeper, hot, heavy hand that can put out really good matches, get into a meaty feud, but also just have random shit going on at all times. Maybe he's a IC level champ or something. I mean, there's enough belts where if you want to give him a six month run as world champion, it's fine. Am I, if you see the guy to be the face of my company, I don't, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. All right. What's your 126? Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time here. I'm going to do 126 and 125 together. So I have barbarian and Haku. Oh, nice. I, I love, obviously their stuff as a tag team. Barbarian has some fun single stuff, specifically in 90 and 91. But Haku is actually someone that's been actively hurt by my rewatching of his stuff. Like, and honestly, <clears throat> if I didn't like his tag work so much, 
he'd be in danger of having kind of fallen off being a name on here. But right. his stuff with the Islanders, and you know what? Tom is at 124, so all three of these guys, so let's do it once. The Islanders, um, I like quite a bit. Their their tag work holds up really well. They're a lot of fun. Haku as a solo act did not hold up at all for me. Like, And we mm. watched a bunch of house show matches, some pay-per-view stuff, and I kept waiting for that hidden gem house show match. Like, We watched an MSG with him and him and Steamboat, which that was the one of the rumored matches that's always been great, and I guess it just wasn't the New York one. I think they have someone, they have one elsewhere that was supposed to have been like awesome, but like he never pops above like two and a half as a solo guy for me. And again, his tag stuff is really good. And I respect him as like just a, a bruiser and a worker and all that. And he's got some fun moments like the rumble 92, but overall just like singles work. It's just not there. And the only reason he's above barbarian for me is that I just like the Islander stuff better than the powers of pain stuff, which is obviously lacking. I mean, warlord pulls him down a bit. They have the one great match with the rockers in January 90, but otherwise it's, it's a lot of misses the powers of pain. But they have he a just, bigger jump up, right? Yeah. Uh, Powers of Pain, yeah. I mean, Haku's got the coronation, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, but that, yeah. that double turn at Survivor Series is kind of yeah. a huge moment in that era, right? Yeah, it is. But I, you can almost say that's more of a demolition moment than it is a Powers of Pain moment. But it doesn't I think work it without them. in that role. Right. Uh, yeah. It could have been the Twin Towers in that role and been the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, Bolsheviks, whoever the fuck. Like, like, it really, they were just warm bodies that pick up Fuji and dust them off. You know what I mean? Like, right. yes, I think they were super over and look great, but I think they could have been even hotter of an angle if there was a better team in there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, neither one, really. I, I kind of had Haku on the periphery, but then when you said he was on your list, I was like, oh, I'll take him off so that we can, I could throw in a different person. But yeah, Barbarian would have made it, but I like the Barbarian. It's just, mm -hmm. there's just not enough there. Uh, my 126 was Io Shirai, but let me talk about 125, which is Kairi Sane. Mm. I love Kairi Sane. Um, mm -hmm. When she they lost her, I actually thought it was a pretty big blow. Yes. And I think they really struggled um, to do on the main roster what they did in NXT with her. I thought she was a great stalwart champion once Asuka left, because Asuka was everything in that division uh, once the horsewomen left, right? And then she kind of took over and really helped sell the whole division around her. I thought her tag work with Oscar on the main roster is really good. I think just she's really freaking good. Um, I'd like to see her back in the ring. Maybe not necessarily in WWE. Like, I think she'd be a really good addition to the AEW women's roster. Um, but yeah, I wanted to show her some love because as much as I think the pirate gimmick is weird and silly, like, I think her work is just top notch. And she's got a couple of really nice jump ups. <laughs> Yeah, I've always been a fan as well. I mean, she'd probably be around the spot. Like I said, I can't say I put like a ton of time, um, thought management to this bottom of the list. There's probably another 15 people I could easily add, and they'd all feel around the same to me. But yeah. Yeah. All right, so what's your 124? Mine was Tama. Oh, oh Tama. I love Tama. Um, mine was Alistair Black. I mean, I wanted to give him credit for what I thought was a really solid uh, NXT uh, title run. And I mean, even his build up there too. Um, and plus he's got another, he's got a really, what I think is a really great match against the guy who's about to come up on my list. Um, but I think his, his, pre he, this is a guy they dropped the ball on. I thought this is like, this is your next mm -hmm. undertaker like guy. Right. Like your attraction. He, he could move, he could, he could strike. He, he might've been the best, the next best pure striker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought he was just re really great first period. I thought the character was interesting. I don't understand why they dropped him. I don't understand why they did nothing with him on the main roster, but I really am a big fan of his work. Do you think he got burned by Bray Wyatt being such a fuck up <laughs> the failure? Like, do you think in their minds they viewed them as similar, like kind of this like weird, dark character that may not trans? Like, it feels like maybe they, they felt almost like it was too similar 
And because of the way Bray went, they just never got behind him like they should have. Maybe, but I think there's probably a really interesting story where Alistair Black has to fucking straighten Bray Wyatt out. Right. Like, they, they, there's no reason why they couldn't have been paired. Um, that it's a big miss. I mean, even when he came up to the roster, it was really good with the tag team stuff and everything. It's just, yeah, it was it was a miss. It was a big whiff. And then <laughs> to leave it after his wife came in, like, the whole thing was odd. Yeah, it's a strange thing. And and uh, Tommy End, that's Tommy End, right? Uh, Tommy yes. End. Yeah. He, I, he's always been great. I love some of his stuff in Rev Pro. Um, like, I don't know. I don't understand what happened here. But, mm. like, if he had a full great career, this guy probably easily cracks the top 100. Well, he's going to have one in AEW. <laughs> yeah, and he's great there. So, like, yeah. whatever. I'm good. Because at least there, they're just going to let him be. Right. And they're that's one of the have... biggest benefits of AEW. Like, we're not going to get into it now, but like that a guy like him five years ago would have left. And yeah, he probably has some great stuff in the Indies or wherever else. It just wouldn't have been as accessible and easy for us to check out and enjoy uh, as it is now, where he can continue to be on a major national platform and get a get a good uh, push out of it. Yeah, I mean, he comes in and basically crushes Cody, right? <laughs> like, it's good stuff. And then he's not like doing vignettes for six weeks where he's just like, who's going to knock at my door? You know? Right, right. Oh, my God. He's a good wrestler. Let's let him wrestle. Oh, <laughs> what a novel co- fucking concept. Yeah. Okay. 123, I have Tajiri. Oh, nice call. I didn't have him at all, but that's a great call. Love to Jerry, uh, especially yeah. his stuff during the invasion is so much fun from a character standpoint. He, I mean, he's got, he, he's so funny because he's such an awesome worker, but he almost has more character and jump up moments than great matches in a weird way too. Like he's got all the stuff with Austin and Regal throughout the invasion. Then he's got the stuff with uh, Noble and Nydia. Then he got the stuff where he turns heel and he's got the, uh, the, you know, mafia with him, the backup with him. And he does the black mist and all that. Like he's got a lot of high quality gimmick stuff to go with, like just never had a bad match. Always really rock solid was, you know, carried the cruiserweight division would jump up to the U S title every now and then too. And just a stalwart of that era. And just one of my favorites. Yeah. Never, never put in a position to have great matches. No, he just delivered them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like, like he, he's like the master of like the six to seven minute match. Yes. Gets those kicks in, all of his hot spots. He was super over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I, I completely forgot about him, but Great I don't think. Too. Oh yeah, um, dum, bum, 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 bum. and the whole relationship with Tori was really cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he'd probably be about here on the list, but yeah, definitely worthy of consideration. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorites for sure. So my one twenty three is like someone who. <laughs> Again, it seems like another miss, but maybe more his fault. Um, I got Velveteen Dream at 123. Mm-hmm. And I think his run, 2017 2000 to 2019, is like really kind of criminally underrated. And if there was a bit more meat on that bone, he probably makes my 100 easy. But also, like, apparently he's like maybe a pedophile. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Like, but like he's, he tells these such a, he's such an interesting, weird character in the ring as I've never seen someone wrestle in a way where they're just surviving matches. Right. Like he's never winning matches. He's surviving them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really interesting. And I'll bring up his match against Alistair Black, which I think is such a cool match where like, he just wants Alistair Black to say his name. And in right. the end, and in the end, Alistair Black does. Like he sits next to him and says it. I think that match is really incredible. I think he's got some great stuff. I love the match with Matt Riddle at uh, at the New York Takeover. I think that mm-hmm. match was probably that match might have been my favorite match of the weekend uh, of all the matches. I just thought it was really neat. It was cool that he won. Better than um, Miz and Shane. Uh, well, it's close. 
Although I did see Linda McMahon during that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like everything he did on TakeOver was always very good. Even his match against Cassie Sono, where like his whole thing was he was going to knock out Ono in 30 seconds and he almost does. And the crowd goes crazy. So I think this one, he kind of burned out by his own personal stuff. Um, I think he was a bit, even though his matches were really interesting, he was still a bit green around the gills, but I don't know, man. This also feels like a ton of wasted potential, but maybe more on him. It was 100% on him because I think if it wasn't for that, because they continue to try to either push or hide him forever. I mean, they were cutting guys left and right and not dumping him. So, like, they wanted to push him. Like, they, they did not want him to go the path that he went. I just right. think they eventually got to the point where they could no longer continue to um, you know, aided abet him in that role, given all the stuff that was coming out. So I did not have him on the list. Again, it's blind spot NXT for me. And then that stuff on top of it was kind of gross. So I was just like, uh, I can do without, but um, yeah, I, I would put that one hundred percent on him because I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think there's any way they would not have him in a premier spot if it wasn't for that stuff, given how long they tried to make it work and how long they tried to hang on and keep him hidden. But just more and more came out, came out. They just couldn't do it anymore. So, and it was a shame because there was some big potential there. Like right. he was very unique and different. Like it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, shame is a giant piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What are we at? One twenty-two. Um, yeah. So I'm going with the Brian Kendrick here. Not a ton to say, honestly. Just I always really enjoyed his work. Him and London are an awesome uh, tag team throughout that mid two thousands when the tag team division was really emptied out. And then you layer in his the Brian Kendrick run in ECW, which is a lot of fun. And he gets a little moment, and I'm forgiven of the six pack where he wins the title. And then even when he came back for the Cruiserweight Challenge, uh, was really cool. Was like the old, and, and then the early days of 205 Live, where he was like the old veteran that would just grind guys down. But he did it in a way that didn't feel like the like Brian Christopher in the Cruiserweight division, where it was like a big guy that was like, faked as a Cruiserweight. Like he yeah. really was a Cruiserweight, but he just worked a different style, almost like a noble, I guess, in the Cruiserweight division. To, yeah, I th- uh, feel different. So, yeah, I think he deserved recognition because I feel like he gets overlooked. Yeah, I agree. I think he really anchored that cruiserweight division when it came back. Uh, I don't have him on my list, but I think that's a worthy pick. I'm definitely on board. My 122 is my first drop off my top 100. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm just embarrassed I had him on there, and that's the fucking road dog. <laughs> I did not have him, thankfully, anywhere near my list. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I think it's because I was kind of – I must have been – giving him credit for the outlaws getting as over as they did. But I think, I think watching all that TNA has been like, wait a minute, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing here? So he's at 122. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think he's less worthy. I mean, he's got the stuff as Jesse James as well. That sucks. The stuff after the outlaws. That he sucks, just sucks. Right? He just sucks. Can we just move on as though I didn't ever have him on my list. Okay. 121. Uh, so I had Junkyard Dog here. He was pretty high in my initial. He's at 105, just outside the cut. But all these other people that either dropped off my list or got added, just I like better than him. Another guy that I didn't get a ton of value out of rewatching his work. I just think most of his best stuff came outside of WWF, like in Mid South and uh, et cetera. You know, before when he was a mega star there. So I, I think mm. by the time he got to WWF, he was on his back back end of his career. He's got some fun stuff, like especially with Funk and everything. But there's no real great mashes. It's all just like him being super over and charismatic and all that. So I think he's worth a mention. He's the star of that era. He's in the cartoon, the Hogan cartoon. Like he's known, he's knowledgeable uh, to, to fans. So I think like there's enough there where he warrants a consideration, but not nearly enough in the bucket to say, yeah, this guy was a top, top 100 because the matches just aren't there. 
yeah, I don't have him on any list. Um, if you had asked me as a seven-year-old, he would be probably number three. <laughs> right. But as it is, he's not even 129. Uh, I, I, yeah, there's just not enough there. I haven't watched enough of the house shows too. So I've oh, only seen his pay- yeah, yeah well, that's it. So I've only seen his pay-per-view stuff, right? And then that's less than stellar. So here we are. Yeah, he's got a couple of fun little bits. Like, I mean, the WrestleMania 2 match obviously is fun. Like the Harley thing at 3 is fun. This is not a great match, but he's got he's got stuff like that. But then his last year is rough. Like he's got some rough stuff in 88 when he's like hanging on for that whole year. Just not not great. Yeah. All right, my 121 is a, another fall off my top 100. In fact, all 121 to 111 are all people that have dropped off the top 100. Because okay. I dropped 15 people off my list with new yep. people. Uh, and that's Larry Zabisco. Okay, he's my 119, so. Well, that's good. So we're close. I, like, I, he's got that feud with Bruno, and I believe. So last time we did this, um, I know that I was swayed by listening to Will mm-hmm. on um, For Your Consideration. And maybe a few others too. Oh, so yeah, that happened for a few guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. It happened for a few guys. And I'm sure Larry Z is one of them because outside that feud, he's really got nothing. Right. And even, I don't know, I think the feud is good, but if you, I'm just not as connected to that early eighties, late seventies stuff. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to be, I'm just not as connected and it doesn't feel like such a touchstone feud for me. So maybe I'm reading that wrong because there was also so much other stuff going on at the time. Yeah, so he was at 103 for me before. So again, just shuttled on the list here to 119. I mean, he's still, given his limited run, it's still pretty good if we have him within the top 120 workers of all time in this company based on one, ostensibly one big feud. That is a legendary feud. That is a great feud. So I, I really don't think this is like a knock on him, right? Like, I, yes, we're swayed by Will, but Will also is going to, you know, not have a lot of newer guys that we think are warranted too. So yes. like, I think that's, there's a natural balance there to what you prefer and, and it's made it clear that he will not be swayed on any. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be hearing hopefully more from Will soon here as we re- reboot this. But uh, see, so yeah, I had him at 119. Uh, at 120, I had Alberto Del Rio. Oh, I have him at 120 also. Oh, perfect. He was at 104 previously for me, so dropped down. Again, a guy that, that the personal stuff gets in the way. But rewatching his 2011 with Marcus for War uh, that we're going through now, like he's really, really good in 11. Uh, I really enjoy his character. I think he actually got screwed quite a bit. Uh, by the booking at 11. I think he was super hot, but then they, they kind of screw him at the expense of giving Christian his moment and give it edge his moment. And then they kind of push him to the back. He wins a briefcase and they have to reset the push that they started in January by winning the rumble. They almost redo it, but then he gets caught up in all the punk Cena stuff uh, <laughs> that hurts him as well. And punk gets so hot that he almost gets hosed. So the whole year to me for him felt like a guy that was on the brink of becoming a star. Yeah, that got screwed because there was like two, like one act that was hotter and one that was like became like a tribute run with Christian and Edge. So I think he got hosed a bit and then he bounces back. I like his 13 as well. 13 uh, is great. That's the world. And even his comeback stuff is fine. And like, what was it? When's it come back? 15, 16, whatever that is. I think he's really good in 15. He's got that great feud yeah. with uh, Kalisto over the U.S. title. Yep. Like he's, he's he's there's never any problem with him in the ring. No. Or his character. I mean, really, it's outside the ring stuff that makes it hard to digest and put him on um, this list. And it sucks because, like, I think he's a guy, if he just didn't have those fucking issues of being such a piece of shit and all the stuff with Paige and all that, like, if he just would have kept it clean, like, I think he'd be around today still putting on great matches. Like, like yeah. they obviously had, like, a fondness for him. You know, I just think he just had his, had his demons. Hmm. 
John Zayman, um, if you're going to watch a Del Rio match, I suggest you go and watch the match against Christian from SummerSlam 2013. Um, that's a I great. Yeah. I love, too, that during that match, he walks to the ring with two black eyes. And at the time, we remarked, oh, it's because he had to fight his way to the ring. Yes, yes. Um, 119 for me. So all these guys dropped off my list. They were all in the top uh, in there. Yeah, 119 for me is Ken Patera. Okay, he's in my list still. Yeah, he dropped down quite a bit because I like as much as I like him and I think his run is good. There was just guys I like more. And again, because I, I kind of just made my piece. He was number 69 on my list the first time. Yeah, I, I kind of made my piece that like if I'm not really into this guy, I'm I feel confident enough at this point to like just say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to put him on. Right. Yeah, he's still on my list, but he had a precipitous drop. So like I had him at. Oh, man, he was high last time. Where the hell is he? I had him at 62, and he drops a decent bit for me. So, I just bumped him off. I guess we'll talk about him more when we get to your list. Okay. So that brings us to 118. Yeah. All right. Here is the guy who was 101 on my list last time. So he dropped 17 spots. It's due to cuts and new folks. And that's Bam Bam Bigelow. Ah. Obviously a personal favorite of mine. Uh, What he really lacks is the moments, because every time he gets going, he gets derails, right? Like 87... It seems like he's on the verge of becoming a superstar, has his issues and leaves. 93, 94, he has some really good stuff, but he's kind of toiling. Then he finally has his breakthrough with LT. Looks like he's going to be, you know, pushed at like a world title level, runs a follow the click. That derails him, and then that's it. He never comes back. So, like, he's got really good stuff with Bret Hart. And the LT match will forever be, like, one of the all-time celebrity outings. That really, you know, is a highlight, one of the highlights of that show. And Batman does a great that, job in it. Like, he's great. Oh, he's awesome. That. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. And, like, that should have set him up. And I just, I think that is really butchered. It's a shit timing that he ran into the click. And also, like, <laughs> he was never going to be the number one face with Diesel and Sean there and Brett and Taker. It was just a bad time to try and make him a face. Because, well, in 87 was a bad time, too, to make him a face. Yeah, but the face side, outside of Hogan Savage? and Savage, this Warrior? guy... Warriors about to come up, you know, like beefcake, yeah. like it, it's, it's, it's more packed than you think, right? Like, but Warriors still like a year away. Beefcake's kind of a year away. Like early, late 87 into early 88, he could have been like a guy in that run there and established himself. He yeah, just fades before they do. Cause even teams with Hogan against like DiBiase and Virgil and stuff like, like, you know, like he's, he's having some good stuff and he's getting pushed. Like he should have had a run in that tournament. Are Hogan's buddies always kind of doomed? I can't think of one that ever blasted <laughs> yeah like it's, off, it's him it's beefcake well beefcake was already big before i guess tug tug <laughs> um yeah hercules. They, hercules well her character had a good little run not uh, that, that was pretty much the end of, i guess power and glory but uh um, but yeah B- bigelow um that that stuff just always hurt him and, and like same thing in 95 like it would have been better almost if they doubled down and kept him a heel instead of trying to turn him on dibiase I think mm-hmm. that's that's the whiff because they were so light on heels in '95, and so deep on faces because Sean had to turn. So you got Diesel, you got Sean, you got Brett, you got Taker. Like you're, yeah. you're automatically number five. Like you're not going to pass those guys, even no matter how they pushed him or presented it. And Razor, like you're sixth. Like, like there's no way around it. And you could argue all day. Like I still think Razor should have turned heel in '95. Probably. I think he's the guy that could have been the one to do it. Um, but I think Bigelow got fucked by that era of the booking because they could have really used a title contender for diesel uh early on and like kind of work sid back in so i would have done that i would have had bigelow to stay heel and double down on him yeah he loses to lt but like use that newfound stardom to push him more as a heel 
I could totally get behind a heel Bigelow against a face Shawn Michaels match. Yeah, like do that at one of those. That'd be houses. really good. Yeah, there's like, so much mileage to get out of him, and then maybe at the end of the year when Diesel's set to turn heel again, maybe he doesn't leave, and then you turn him face. You know. Yeah. So I had him on my original list five years ago at number eighty. So I had him. I can't believe I had him higher than you. Wow. Yeah. And on this list, I still have him higher than you. Have him at one hundred six. Okay. So, like, I guess for all the same reasons, I just think he's a really interesting and unique guy in this in this period. So, um, and maybe it's because I've been watching his Rumble appearances lately. So. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So my one seventeen to one eighteen are Bubba and, Ray. By the way, one just one last thing on him too. Oh, yeah. Like, what doesn't help him is he gets mired at Doink for that run. Like, oh, yeah. that's a big chunk of his prime run. So, from like the fall of '93 all the way through Mania, he's just saddled with Doink. Yeah. And then he's in the fucking corporation, which isn't much better. <laughs> so it's like, like you don't really use him during his peak run that well. No one's getting out of the corporation better than when they went in. No. No one did. Uh, no. It's a shame. Good, Great talent. Riley. Riley is the only one. <laughs> uh, my 117 and 118 are Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley. They made my la- list last time. They were at uh, 92 and 93. I wanted to give them credit because at the time I didn't know we were making a tag team list, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make a li- put them on the list because I think they're a really important team. They're part of those matches. They were the first, I find, too, like as much as Edge and Christian and Hardys, I think you got to give them all credit for the matches, although I maybe give the Hardys a bit more. Um, I think Bubba Ray and Devon were the characters uh, that that really and Edge and Christian too, mm-hmm. but they really helped glue that little division together. So I wanted to throw them some love, but I just couldn't justify putting them ahead of anybody. I had them ahead of this time. So one seventeen, one eighteen, the Dudleys. Yeah, they're not on mine. I just the failed singles runs hurt them. Honestly, if they had just left in like oh two, I think we look at them more fondly. Yeah, yeah, because they stick around way too long. Yeah, for me, it's like once the single stuff failed, that they had just kind of shuffled off, that would have been fine. But the rehash in oh three. Where they're the he, you know, kind of do the heel thing with Morley and all that, and then O four with the fucking Undertaker and and Heyman and everything. Like honestly, the only real fun stuff that they have during that end run is when Spike is bossing them around, and that could have been anyone. <laughs> like, yeah, Spike could have had anyone bossing around, and he he was what made it. Uh, and then I guess you know being at the first one night stand was good, but. Well, and the return in 2015 is like really underwhelming. Like Bubba, like at the Rumble is good because it pops the crowd, but at the Rumble. But then when they start having matches against the mm-hmm. Usos and stuff, eh, not, not, not great. No. All right. So that, uh, what am I at? 117 and 116 here? Yeah. Or 117, whatever. All right. 117, I had John Morrison. So he's my first cut. I had him at 98 last time. I, look, when you have to start adding 11 guys, like someone's going to go, right? And I, I am a big Morrison fan because I always loved him as a Morrison in the late 2000s. Liked Eminem quite a bit as well. I think their stuff holds up. His early ECW days, uh, watching now for PTB in 07, does not hold up that well. Like, he really struggles and swims underwater when he's given the chance to be champion. In fairness, probably wasn't ready. But still, he gives the chance and he, he drowns Post, quick. In that. It was supposed to be Chris Benoit, right? Yes, that's that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but he drowns quick. He doesn't make it count. You know what I mean? So uh, he flounders quickly there. So they put him back in the team with Miz. And yeah, he's great. I mean, he's great through like 11. From like 08 to 11. Has some really high-end stuff. But I, this comeback is what solidified this as an easy choice for me to cut him off the list because completely underwhelming and a guy, again, maybe not completely his fault, but someone that should have been a perfect fit for their style today. Like he's a name brand. They like him. He can talk. He can work. He could have been having great matches. 
even if they would have stuck him in NXT, would have been better than what they did with him. But he should have been like a star upon this return. And I know he's older, but there was so much there. And instead, they just rehashed the Miz stuff, which I know like some of it was good, especially during like the dark pandemic days. But it just feels like another whiff on a guy that should have maybe come back and made a dent. I think all of it was bad. Like, I, right. I don't understand how you get this guy back who's been a star everywhere else. Mm-hmm. He's been the champion everywhere else. And then you get him back and you put him back in the position he was in in 2008. Right. In the exact same position. And you make him a lackey for Miz when he's better than Miz. And then you just make him, oh, look at my drip. I, I, he didn't even make any of my list. And it's too bad because he's a guy for years that I thought, oh, it'd be great if they brought him back and pushed him as a main eventer. Yeah, I mean, he should have been. He should have been. They, but- they butchered it. Yeah, it's a shame. All right, 116 uh, for me. Uh, this is where you have the Dudleys, right? Uh, I had him at 17, but go ahead. Go 116 because it's going to make sense. Okay. I have Rikishi. Ah, nice. I had him at 113. Okay. He was on my list. Again, a guy that got cut. He was at 94. Just uh, a numerous thing with him. Like, uh, you know, his work is solid. He's got a ton of volume. He's got big jump up moments. Uh, some misses too, but obviously one of the most arguably overstars in their hottest era, 99 to that. Well, mainly 2000, 2001 before he, uh, murdered Steve Austin, but he's got some really big stuff in there. Also got all the head shrinker stuff. I think the head shrinkers are one of the, some of the best squash workers they've had all time as well. So there's some really fun stuff with that too, with them. So a a quality resume, but just not enough to make the hundred. Yeah. I mean, he does get bumped down a bit because he, did he really make any sort of difference? Uh, not to his hometown of San Francisco. Oh, and, and also he was a Sultan for a while. So I think that kind of knocks Knocks him down a little bit, but everything you said is right. I, I mean, he's 113 on my list. We're close on him. Um, you know, hugely over, fun act, different, really different than anything, and sired one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure board. did. Which are both ranked higher than him. Hey, higher. Um, uh, my 115 and 116 are Scott Dawson, Dawson, Scott Dawson, and Dash Wilder of the Revival. They dropped off my list. I had them last time. They're in the 90s. I think they're just mm-hmm. a bit below the Dudleys. There we check. Uh, yeah, they were 96 and 97. And I remember at the time fa- saying, like, I'm putting them on the list at 90s, um, and we'll see what they do on the main roster. And then we saw what they did with the main roster, and they are outside of the top 110. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't... I didn't have them on my list. I know they get the great stuff. Obviously, some of the highest level tag stuff in company history, if not the greatest matches in company history on NXT. So they probably deserve to be recognized. But again, nothing singles. And, you know, I just I don't have too many other guys that are focused mainly as tag guys on this list at all. So I just I don't think they had enough. And the ones that are kind of have other stuff as solos, too, that make it outside of the highest of the high. So, yeah, on the tag list, they finish high on this one. Not so much. Yeah, so they're out. So that brings me 116, 115. Okay. All right, so my 116 was Rikishi. My 115 is the man who started this all, Marty Gennetti. Uh, <laughs> uh, a precipitous drop for him. He was at 87 on my list, and that was one of our big arguments. Which should Marty Gennetti make this list? And you know what? I think he did deserve it five years ago. I just think there's better workers that have come along since then uh, that just kind of squeeze him out because of like the volume and the sheer level, like he's almost like an early forebearer, poor man's version of some of these guys today at the level of matches he would have. But I think his stuff still holds up. I still love all his rocker stuff. Uh, he's got some fun single stuff as well. 
in the later runs. He's got good jump up moments, both with the Rockers, also with the one, two, three kid when they win the tag titles, uh, has a solid little run in 95, 96 as well. He's always fun to pop up. He's got a fun match with Shawn Michaels in 96. So I think he's got stuff there. <laughs> go back, go back five years. Let's do our first making the case episode where our, or GW pod blast episode where we break down Marginetti. But he, uh, to me, he definitely deserves to be at least recognized. Here, here's the, uh, this has never happened to me before, but I've never, it's never taken me five years to win an argument. And here we are. Here he is outside of the top 100 for you. Mm, you didn't win Don't, anything. He just no, he's it's a different project. He was no, top out, 100 at that time. <laughs> Five years later, and I got to say, I feel vindicated. Um, I don't have him anywhere on my list. I like Marty, uh, but again, let's. you guys can go back in the archives. June and 15th, hear us. 2017, <laughs> PTBN's Greatest Dirty Wrestler Ever Pod Blast Series, Marty Gennetti. I think that's the first pod we did solo together. There you go. Uh, and you can check it all out there. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, it feels good. All right, 115 you did. That was uh, Pacey and Dawson. I'll do 114. 114 for me, um, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, who made my list last time. We talked a lot about the Cody line. I am vindicated because Cody Rhodes is nowhere on my list, nor should he be. Ed Cody at 99. I had him at 99 last time. Um, I think Cody is an interesting case. I think he's... He'll does so much better than him. I think what happened was we really put a lot of stock into the, the, and it was fresh at that point, right? It was only a few years earlier. The Goldust Shield stuff, like, was so good. And yes, he's really fun as the fan of the opera, but even those matches aren't much like rewatching some of those for War in 11. Like, and they're fine. You just, I don't know, he just maxes at like three, three and a half for me outside of that match, which you could argue was all Shield and Goldust and Dusty more than him. He's probably like the seventh guy on those matches, you know? Right, but does Goldust have any great matches on his own? No, no, but I think his character and storylines and all that is what bumps him up. Right, but it's it's interesting because, I, you know, I would say Goldust's run, uh, we'll talk about Goldust eventually, I guess, because he dropped on both our lists, but he's on both of our lists, I believe. Yes. Uh, I just think he's an, he's, he's an interesting comparison because their best stuff is together. I think their best in-ring stuff is together. In I think Cody Rhodes does a lot of good character stuff, but it's on a, it's on a roster where he's not f- focused on. Whereas Goldust, at the time, the roster's pretty thin and he gets focused on. And I, don't, I think what helps Goldust a lot, too, is the shock of those early days. Like, yes, it's so unique and different and groundbreaking. Um in 95 like that i think that has to just factor in a lot and like even into 96 some of the stuff he was doing those promos again like you know not to keep bringing up wrestling warzone just as pertinent to a lot of this like covering his week to week the way he built those feuds like he's more than just oh a couple of shitty pay-per-view matches like he worked as that he was the workhorse of raw not in ring but just like constantly on and delivering like all time for that era promos and interviews and everything else like we had him as MVP a bunch on those shows, you know? So right. he like is like one of the guys carrying raw and yeah, I'll be it during it. Maybe it's a comparison, but I'll be it during a slow time. He's definitely one of the guys on there. That's always was the most intriguing, most interesting for, you know, nearly a year uh, since he debuted. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's probably closer than mm-hmm. for me. Anyway, it's closer than I would have thought. But honestly, when you look at the volume of guys, like, you know, if you have gold, us, around where I have, so whatever it is, like the bottom quarter. Yeah. 
to here isn't that big of a gap. I mean, it seems like 80 or whatever to 115 is big, but in the grand scheme of lists of wrestlers, like I don't know how many wrestlers were in WF would be on this list, like non-jobber divisions, probably hundreds and hundreds, right? Like that gap is not that big. Okay, who who has more pay-per-view matches, Goldust or Cody Rhodes, and how close is it? Cody by 10. Goldust by one. Wow, crazy. Yeah. And look at here, just so, so um, Goldust average star rating 2.7, Cody 3.03. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it's an interesting talk, but I don't. We need. We don't need to have it here. No. No. Shoot a podcast at will. Just debating those two guys. All right. One fourteen was a guy that was on my list, and he was pretty high. This may be one of my biggest drops, and that is Jacques Rougeau. I had him at eighty-one, um, and he comes in at one fourteen now, so well off the list. And obviously, a massive Quebecer fan. I like the Mountie. This is no matches. Like his matches all suck. Um, something I relived watching ninety-one, ninety-two with Scott. Like. <laughs> This is not much there at all in ring for him. No. And I think there's ways that could have went about him better than what we get. I like the Rougeau brothers stuff a lot too. They just don't have a ton of moments. It's more character work for them. They're saddled with the Bushwhackers a bunch. So it's like a guy that you know is intrinsically good, but doesn't necessarily have the on-roster resume to support it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I didn't have him on my original list. Right now I have him at 105. Yeah. Because I used kind of 110 to 111. Uh, sorry, 101 to 110 is like guys, either guys that I thought were just on the cusp mm-hmm. or uh, guys that I had a personal connection to that. I was right. like, ah, it'd be cool. And, you know, it's not so offensive to give them this, <laughs> give them this spot. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I like him a lot. I, I think the jump up moments he does have are really cool. Like, I love that boss man jailhouse match. I think that's still one of the most entertaining things they've ever done. Mm-hmm. I saw him. Uh, I saw them do a dusty finish with the Rougeos and Demolition in Montreal. In like 1988, I think. So that was fun too. Uh, but I think he's just a great character guy. He he infuses a lot of character stuff. Like his run with the Quebecers, I like the matches, but it's their interaction. Just because right. I know I know so many people like him. <laughs> yes. Like that yell at each other like that and treat each other like that. Like, so I don't know. I wanted to show him some love, 105, but I couldn't justify putting him in the top 100. All right. Who is your 113? Rikishi, who's your 113? Rusev. No. Um, yeah, I, I kind of when when I heard you were going to throw him on, I didn't put him on, but he was in my consideration for these spots, too. Yeah, I mean, he's great. It just sucks that they didn't use him to his full potential. I think there's so much history and baggage that they couldn't ever get him to where they did in the AW with Miro. Oh. Uh, maybe if he comes back someday, they could. But I think he just got so far off the beaten path with all the. I think, look, Lana was great as, you know, the evil manager mouthpiece hot side piece whatever it was right but i think in the end it really ended up hurting him because he could never fully be separated from her before it was too late and mm-hmm. you know being the whole thing that it was summer ray and all that shit like so stupid just really completely derailed him him losing the cena feud derailed him and it was just too late by the time the rusev day stuff took off Again, like they just suck at capitalizing on those types of things. And I think there's just been too much damage done. And it almost made him feel like a comedy guy yeah. more than like a threat with Aiden English singing the thing and all that. Like that's like comedy character stuff in WWE instead of like making it connect and be great. Um, so, yeah, it's a guy that should be like top 50. Like we're going to get to like eventually like a Cesaro. Like there's no reason he shouldn't be up yeah. there with him, you know? Yeah, that's a great that's a great comparison. Look, all I like. I love Rusev. 
I think he's great. I loved him as the Russian guy. I liked Rusev Day. Like, I thought it was a really, I mean, it just showed that he could do something completely different, Mm -hmm. which was really neat. And it got super over. And then I watched uh, All Out 2021. That's the punk uh, debut AEW show. And Rusev opens the show against Eddie Kingston. And you see him come out, just him coming out for the match. You're like, oh, okay. This is what this guy should be. Right. Like this fucking serious killer. That, yep. like, is a legitimate threat, can move. People are cheering him even though he's a heel. Like, it's another way. How many times are we going to use the phrase wasted potential? Yeah. <laughs> it's a theme throughout this company's history, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that's one for sure. Yeah, he should have He should have been more. Uh, all right, who's your 112? Okay, so my 112 is a bit of a, um, probably a bit of a, a controversial drop off my list. Because he was 72 on my list originally. But again, I dropped him off, and that's Pat Patterson. Oof. Yeah, he's still really high on mine, so we'll get to him. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah, get to him. He's way up there. He's way up there on mine. Yeah, I just don't see the work. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm not that much of a fan of the eras and, and whatnot. But I kept coming back to him and another guy, and I kept bumping other guys off that I thought were, like, worthy. And then I just said, fuck it, and I dropped both of them. And he was one of them, and I don't feel okay. bad about it. That may be one of our biggest gaps, I think. Okay, my 112, <clears throat> this one hurt. He was my 100, which I had reserved for my favorites. Um, and you know what, though? Actually, the way this shook out, whatever. Uh, I feel like I missed someone now. My one uh, was Ken Shamrock at 112. Uh-huh. One of my all-time favorites. Uh, I love Robo Shamrock. Every era of Shamrock I love. Uh, I just wish we had more volume from him. And he doesn't ever have that one, like, all-time classic match either. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. Uh, he's He still makes my list. I'm jealous. Yeah, he still makes my list. Very, very high. We'll talk about him when we get there. But um, I think I just think his influence is is um, is too great to deny. And that's why he's he's made the list. Uh, my 111 is another big drop, another controversial drop, and he was number 73 on my list, and that's Pedro Morales. Yeah, I dropped him quite a bit too. He is on uh, in my list still, though, so we'll get to him. But he's he's much lower than he had been. Yeah, I just think in the end, I just think he sucks. Right. He was super over, but he sucks, and I guess he has influence, but I didn't feel it. So. He's gone. Okay. All right. 111 for me is Umaga, who was on my list last time as well. Pretty big drop. I had him at 77. Uh, Great character. Well, could have been a shaky character that he makes a great character. And, of course, he's got the five-star classic at Royal Rumble 07. And some really good stuff after that, too. Like, I've enjoyed even watching him throughout 07. Uh, There's a pay-per-view where he just wrecks Santino Morella. But again, after that, they never really booked him quite the same after that initial Cena push and throughout 06 where he destroys Flair and those guys. And he just died. Yeah. He just, you know, he, he's got to benefit it from another run, probably. So he's on my list still. But, you know, as we said, we're kind of building this list. And right. he's the one I keep coming back to. And I'm like, why am I not taking him off the list? Right. Because, like, I took Larry Z off the list. He's got a great feud. Right. Mm-hmm. I took uh, there's somebody else. Uh, I, Pat Patterson. I thought Pat Patterson has one all-time great match with Slaughter. Like I think his other match with Slaughter are good, but I think the mm-hmm. one is like all-time. So I feel like I should give Umaga the same treatment. So I expect him to kind of get bumped. Okay. As we go forward. All right. Who is your one 
10. Okay, so these are guys that like now I think like these are really our honorable mentions. Right. Right. So my 110 is Pete Dunn. Guy okay. I wanted to put, pardon me? I have, I have him at 104. Okay, so we're close. I wanted to put him on the list, but then I started, like, where he lacks is really, like, on the, I find the promos and the jump up. I, right. I really struggle with him because he's top-notch in ring. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the stuff he does is really nice. Uh, I think his character work during the matches is cool. It's just, when I think about him, I think about a guy who's been in the same position on the card exactly. for five years. Right. Where's the progression? Like, yeah. I mean, if you told me he wasn't there, I'd believe you. <laughs> if you yeah. said he left years ago, like I probably would buy it. If you told See, me he left the, after the Walter match, I would have no clue that he was still around. Well, and then I just watched last night. I watched uh, a fatal five way from Takeover in Your House 2021, mm-hmm. and I, I thought the match was incredible, and he was a major part of it. Right. So again, it's like you know, in ring, holy shit, he's great. It's just who, wh- why is he there? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, uh, was the travel stuff maybe for a while? I, I have no clue. I have no idea. Like, you couldn't make it over. The whole, that whole, that's like a documentary in itself. How much the pandemic killed NXT and TakeOver. Like, the combo of AEW and the pandemic really did a number on, like, one of the, like, everyone's favorite parts of modern WWE wrestling. The classic NXT era. NXT UK, which seemed to be finding its footing. It just all got completely wrecked um, by AEW. Them trying to go head to head with AEW, which was a mistake. I'm not absolving them. And then UK with all the travel stuff and the empty arenas and all that shit. I think, I think you forgave, and I could be wrong, okay? But I think you forgave NXT for not having great characters at times because right. the matches were so different and so good, mm-hmm. right? But then AEW came out with similar matches to NXT, but the characters were there. And so it felt like an enhanced version of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if that's necessarily 100% true. I'm kind of just spitballing that idea, but that seems to be the major difference is that right. they, they were able to meld main event level characters with, with the NXT style of match. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're too far off with that. Maybe slightly. Okay. So number 110, do we do? Yeah, for you. Uh, all right, this is where I have the Miz. Ah. He has dropped off my list from 78. Uh, so again, I think a guy that's been hurt by the last five years more than helped. I'll, be, I'll say the last four years because when we last did this, it was 17. And he had a great 16, 17. But that was arguably like the end of his run. <laughs> like yeah, like since run. then, he's just been spinning his wheels. And he just goes up and down these lists, I think, just based on where he's at. But I mean, he's been around now almost 20 years. And if you were making a company guy list, he'd probably be pretty high, right? Like, right. he's good looking. He's got crossover appeal. He never hurts anyone. He doesn't get hurt, really. Like, he just has fine matches. He's antiseptic. He's not going to get you in trouble. Like, he never runs his mouth. He's never saying anything. He just has a hot wife. Like, you know, he's like a big crossover star for them with the Miz and Misses. So, like, yeah. Like, if you're talking promotional quality guy like this guy is probably like in your top 20 maybe like of all time right um but on this list as you add more and more and try to find room for 11 superior workers and plus add on you know a soft three or four years since the last time we did this list just not enough there to keep him on no i have him on my list but he's he's really on the cusp so i'll talk about him then i guess but he might get bumped too as we talk through some guys 
Okay. Uh, my, my 109 is a guy who was on my list and fell off. And uh, he feels like an important guy, but a guy I like too. I genuinely like. And he was 90 on my list. Now he's at 109, and that's Ivan Koloff. Uh, yeah, that seems like a miss. He's not on mine. Um, you know, I know, I know a lot of his best stuff is probably elsewhere too, but he's got really great stuff here. Yeah, it's just just a whiff on my part. He definitely belongs on there. Yeah, would he? Do you think he'd make your top 100? no but probably around like where you are like i feel like i should at least be mentioning his name yeah i don't know like you got to give him some credit or when i say you i don't mean you but i feel like you got to give him some credit for that that ending that bruno title reign that's such a crazy moment and then when you watch back he's way more athletic than you remember him being so he's kind of a fun little addition to any card Mm -hmm. he's on so i just wanted to show him a bit of love 109 felt right uh but yeah that's where he's at yeah no i'm with you Deserves it. All right, my 109 is another cut. That was Shelton Benjamin. This one really uh, hurt me. Uh, I had him at 88 last time. Is he on your list still? He's at 107. Okay, so and, close. And he wasn't on my list originally. Just an awesome tag worker. Another guy that probably should have been a little bit more that wasn't. Uh, his comeback, sadly, wasn't much. Uh, just kind of all shit got in the way, but and they got hurt. But that could have been cool if he had a little comeback run that, that meant something. Uh, but yeah, I've always enjoyed him. I love the world's greatest tag team. Uh, I like his solo run in the mid-2000s as well. Then they come back and have a fun run again in 06 and 07. Uh, yeah, and plus he get like, he doesn't get any credit anymore for creating all those rumble spots. Yes. Because that's kind of become Kofi's thing, but that's his thing. He was always so incredible in those Money in the Bank ladder matches. Yep. And, if, and, and you could probably make an argument that he was so good in that first one that it really helped sell the whole concept. Yeah, he's like the original he, big spot guy, him and like the Hardys, you know, like during that era of getting that stuff over. Yeah, and he, I mean, even his Intercontinental run was good. It was still a mm-hmm. good run. It's just like, yeah, I, I like Shelton. I wish I could have put him higher. I have him at 107, so I think that's fair, but I'm, I'm kind of pleased we're close on him. Okay. My 108 Wait. is someone I would have never imagined putting on a list, but then I kept coming back to it, and I'm like, oh, he didn't make my original list, but that's good old Double J at 108. Oh, boy. Uh, he is not on my list anywhere. I, he just feels like such an important piece of that time frame. And then when I watch the pay-per-views, because I always, I never like Double J in ring, right? But when I watch those pay-per-views, I find that he's, I think he's wrestling. I, we've had this conversation before about how he's, he wrestles like a big man style, but he's too small. Right. But I, I think he's got enough good stuff that I'm like, oh, okay. Like without him, the promotion would have been worse. Yeah. He's got the Michaels match, which is great. He's got the X-Pac match at 98, which I think is kind of underrated at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got all the women's stuff, which was entertaining in terms of character-wise, even though it's probably no good today. Right. The China series is interesting. And he's just that mid-card stalwart in that in that period. So I wanted to show him a bit of love. Not too much, but just right. a little at 108. Yeah, it's not egregious. He'd probably be in the next batch looking in for me, like if we were to go forward from where we are. If we ever do the top 500 someday, which we'll probably do when we run out of ideas on the show. Oh, God. All right, my 108 is another cut, and he was a man at 85. But it's at 108, and it feels like he belongs. But again, I had to pick people to leave. And that's Dolph Ziggler. Um, oh. I know it's probably controversial. He probably should be higher or on the list, but I just, I just never connect with him. Like he's never one of my favorites and I, it's not his fault. Like he's got great matches. He's been around forever. 
but again, he's like a compiler where he's been around so long. He also has a bunch of blah stuff too. Um, and he feels like a guy that it should have been more given all the time and investment they make in him. And just seems like a guy that, that I don't think he doesn't care because he cares, but like, I don't think he cares like anymore. <laughs> right. I think he's been beaten out of him, but then why are you doing it? I don't know. Just, I don't know. There's something off with him and me. Like I said, just whatever reason, like, and like, I know Marcus talks up, talks him up. You talk him up. Like I just, yeah. for whatever reason, just not there for me. Okay. So let me ask you something. Why is he worse than Tito Santana? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's not. I, 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 cause I keep coming back to Santana who's on my list and Ziggler's mm-hmm. on my list too. Um, Ziggler actually went up on my list this time, but he feels like, I mean, what is, I'll, Z- I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. The emotional connection and chemistry with the fans. And I know Dolph had it briefly. I just think Tito had it longer in an era where it really meant something. I think it's, I think it's harder to get an emotional connection now than it was then. Yeah, but I don't think he had it that long. He certainly, he had it for at least two years. Mm. I think from like 2012, 2013. And then there's been other times where he's kind of had it and he's been on the cusp. He had that great feud with the Miz in 2016 for the intercontinental title. The fans were completely on his side there. He had, um, there was, uh, when he won that survivor series match, the fans like we're, they're always ready to cheer for him. See, I think I don't want to say we overrate Santana. Okay. Cause I like Tito Santana. I don't want to anger anybody, mm-hmm. but he's a guy I keep coming back to with comparisons. Right. Because like Santana's got the feud with Valentine and then he's kind of just a mid card jobber ish forever. Right. And a guy like Ziggler. Well, he's a good strike force too. Yeah, sure. Well, then you could say uh, Ziggler has that f- five, almost five star match with McIntyre mm. against the Uso. Uh, is it the Usos? No, it's the Shield. Shield, yeah. Right. So, it, it, like, he's, he's got a lot of meat on that bone. Like, it, right. where Santana doesn't, right? He's probably a better talker than Santana. I don't know if he's got a better connection, but he has a connection. Yeah. We'll I think, see. I, I, think I think this potential for him to work his way back in over the course of this year. I think we're going to see more of him throughout the war project and other stuff. So, Oh, and you're in an era with what era are you in now? Well, we're doing 11, 12, but we'll be out of that era soon. Right. And his 11, 12 is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll that, tell you, I, I don't want to talk out of school, but he does. Uh, he's going to finish pretty high when you look at the overall single performance of the year. So, Oh, in 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. He's got that, he's got that cool, uh, s- series with a uh, rider and, yeah. and it's, th- it's at that period where you're like, Oh, they're going to push him as the next top, like as a top guy. Well, they're giving him the workhorse Bret Hart treatment too. Like he's doing yeah. a lot of double duty, um, on these pay-per-views here where he'll wrestle like a tag and a solo match and stuff like that. So yeah. Like as I'm talking through him now and with <laughs> you, he's, he's like moving up my list. Right. Well, maybe, 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 maybe Santana's moving down. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You can, you can revisit, revisit what you had him on your list. We'll oh. see where uh, he checks in. All right. Who's your 107? 107 is a Benjamin. So you go ahead. All right. I had Roderick Strong here. Um, oh. Yeah. Good call. Not on he's my on- list, but he has, he's on yours. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Again, I think it's the disconnect with that era. Like, I couldn't tell you, oh, this great Roderick Strong match. I just don't know them well enough. So maybe it's something I, I pick up and he moves in as we go along. Yeah, maybe. Uh, my 106 is also Bam Bam. So what's your 106? Uh, my 106 is Kyle O'Reilly. So similar to Strong. Also on my list and also right next to Roderick Strong on my list. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about him, I guess. I mean, I, I think 
as a as a if if you're a fan of those war game matches, mm-hmm. uh, I think you have to have at least these two on the list. Right. And I think they're because I, I struggled. So so to give you some context, I didn't know where to put Bobby Fish, so I didn't even put him anywhere. Yeah. Right. Same. Bobby Fish is nowhere. Where, but but all the other undisputed guys are on my list, and they're significantly high because I think that stable's really good. But there's also a whole period of time where R- O'Reilly is teaming with Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. And they have some freaking classic matches. Like that tag run is absolutely incredible. Like they have the whole run with um, Mustache Mountain and like what's that peak year for them? It's 2018, 2019. Yeah. Okay. Like. Yeah, it's just again, it's it's just such a black spot. So maybe I'll you know maybe I will move them up as we go. Again, I just I I had this internal struggle. Like a hundred is so finite. Like, I didn't want to keep punishing yeah. older wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like, I can only drop so yeah. many of them. Um, because, yes, yeah, sure, I don't have the connection to them either, some of them. But, like, I feel like it's unfair to not – to just barrel them out because O'Reilly had the chance to put on a bunch of five-star matches that they did. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's like I didn't want my list to just become overwhelmed with these guys. But that's not fair to them either. So there are no. definitely some hard choices to make as you go through stuff like this. Yeah, like, look, just to give you some quick look for Roderick Strong, 2019, for me, a match with Matt Riddle, four and a half stars. Right. Against Velvetrine Dream and Pete Dunn, four and a half, because he was the a- a North American champion for a while. Then O'Reilly and Strong against the War Raiders, four and a half. Like, it, it, it's right. like, it just, it's that their their run of tag matches is so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. More than just like, oh, I want to reward them. It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. This project's overwhelming. Okay, who is your uh, hey, all right? So 106 is O'Reilly. Who's your 105? Uh, Jacques. So we talked about him. Okay, I had Hercules here. He's a guy that actually raised up for me. Uh, no, he he dropped a little bit, but he was 102 last time. But I put him above the other guys I dropped, if that makes sense. So yeah. in a way, he actually went up because he would have been with like the Kendrick group that I talked about earlier. He's about almost 16 spots higher than like where I had him on the list, even though he's three sure. spots lower. Uh, but he actually raised up quite a bit for me in rewatching PTB during that era. Like his heel run, singles heel run before he turns face, I really ended up enjoying a lot of his Oh, work. he's great. I love yeah. that run. I think the face stuff hurt. I just don't think he's suited to be a face. I think he's actually, surprisingly enough, he's better in control. That seems crazy. Like you would have never, have, you would just assumed, oh, he's better in spurts. But his control power offense was actually pretty fun. He's got a really fun match with Billy Jack Haynes at MSG before three when he's still in the old gear. He's got the fun stuff with Hogan. Like I really dug his heel stuff, plus power and glory, which I love. So yeah, he, not enough to get inside my hundred, but, and again, while he's lower, he's also higher in a way. So to give like give everyone some context, I had a list about a, of about 136, yeah. and I cut a bunch because you said you were mentioning them, and he was one of them because I think he's great. I love Hercules. I love his punches. Mm-hmm. Like he throws great punches, and when he was like fit, like I thought he was a very underrated worker. So, uh, you know, if if Vian had decided to cut those guys kind of right before recording, he might have been in the top. He might have been around this area too. And he's got the jump up moment of the Sid fiasco. <laughs> yeah, well, and where, he wins that. Uh, he no sells a power bomb. Yeah, he also wins that battle royal. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, the Sid stuff is amazing. Disaster. Uh, okay, who's your one hundred four? One hundred four is Bill Eady. Okay, he's on my list still. He was uh, one I of mean, the ones that, like, I feel like I want to cut, but I just I don't want to dis- be disrespectful to the some of the older generation. He did drop quite a bit though on my list. Well, it's just like I, 
I want to give him all the credit in the world for demolition, but I don't, I'm not as big a fan of the, um, mass superstar stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's good. And the machine stuff. So, eh, like I think just outside the 100 is fair for where yeah. he is and who he I don't, is. He's not far off from that for me. So, yeah. Okay. Um, who's your 104 for me was Pete Dunn, who we've already talked oh, about. Okay. Who's your 103? Uh, 103. All right. So this is where I had Walter. Is he on your list at all? Uh, no, he was on the, again, he's a guy I just cut like right before. Um, he's on the outside looking in it, just not enough, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, same. I, I feel like he, he warranted because like the stuff he has is awesome. <laughs> and yeah. so like, it's the intrinsic, you know, intrinsics are there, right? The, the gimmick, the, the charisma, the connection, the matches, he just needs more volume. So if he ever just gets over here and they get behind him and put him on the main roster and push him or NXT and push him, like, I think there's a chance he'll be deeper in the list next time around. Well, they're just going to bring up the main. Remember when he went up to the main roster and they jobbed him first out in the Survivor Series? Like, oh, God, yeah. like what are we doing here? No, no sense. All right, who's your 103? Okay, my 103 is someone who I had on my list until the very end, and that's Ricochet. Okay. And I know he hasn't been in there enough, but he's got at least two matches that I think easily put him in the contention. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's he has a match with Johnny Gargano, which I think is actually a five-star match. I think it's the best match 2019. It's 2019, yep. I believe. And he's in that inaugural North American title ladder match. Right. Which I think he's the star of. He's also got a great match with Velveteen Dream um, he, as the North American champion. He's just great. He, he, I mean, I've, they should be building the company around this guy. Like He does things that are so unique and different. And if you wanted to like change styles, this is the guy to do it with. Um, I just don't think they ever will. So that's why he doesn't make the list, but I think his NXT work is solid enough to get him uh, a conversation near the top 100. Right. Okay. Yeah. I did not have him on my list, but I don't disagree with what you said. Okay. So my one Oh two is someone that I went really paddling back and forth in the top 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just felt like it's a quick, peak i don't know i went i have andrade at 102 uh, ah i know where is he for you well i he was in those ones that i just cut right okay. so like yeah, yeah he's in this some little walter like i just feel like he's he's got some great stuff but like there's not enough but he's got that all-time like my favorite match live ever him and gargano so yeah. it's like it's it's real hard but it's, i guess i feel like again like he came up they didn't do anything like there's not a volume for him well, and they also, they also moved that title off him pretty quick, the NXT title. Right, yeah. Like, it's not like he had a crazy run with it, right? So, yeah. Um, and his, I find his main roster run a little underwhelming. There's not, not really oh, anything yeah. there, which is a bit of a shame. But, yeah, he, he would be in the conversation here for sure for me. Yeah, so, like, I feel like he's, it's this little group for me that's, like, it starts with Ziggler at 108 until Andrade here that like could maybe sneak back in. It's Ziggler, Strong, O'Reilly, Hercules, Dunn, Walter, Andrade. Like these are guys that maybe over the course of this next year, I could see dripping into the, to the list again. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hard because I find like 100 to 90 on the list are the guys that I'm like, yeah, they should be on here. So they don't end up getting cut. It's weird. It's like, okay, Kane should be on here. Right. I'm not going to cut him. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Right. Like, so I end up cutting someone a bit higher to put someone on. And I know that f- kind of feels backwards, but 
I don't know. This like when you're thinking of top 100, you're thinking of characters also, right? And that's why my 101 was a tough one because he was on my list at 97. It's Yokozuna, so I dropped him four spots. Ah. Um, it felt like at him. So him and Kane were my two like ones I was back and forth on, like who deserves to stay. And I went with Kane as because of the volume. Um, and I think he's just got higher end stuff than Yoko. I mean, I really like Yoko, but I, I feel like one on one, like he's still right there. Like, I mean, basically top 100 at that point. And I think he deserves it given, uh, what do you mean? He was like the first real long-term heel champion, almost in dirty of history, uh, yeah. for better or worse. He's got some really fun stuff with Brett, uh, the fun moments with Owen. So I, I think it's enough there to warrant this spot. I, I don't see him getting back in though. I think it's a Ziggler to Andrade is the shot to get back in. I think he'll always be kind of right outside. Yeah, um, he's on my list, okay. but not far. So I think we're in the same area okay. with him. And it's a shame. I, I, yeah. I, I, he's a guy I always want to put higher, but then I keep coming back and being like, eh, I don't know. Right. Uh, my 102 is someone who was on my list. And here's another controversial one. Uh, he was 70 on my list. And now he's 102. And that's William Regal. Oof. Okay. I have him. He did drop a lot of mine, but he's still on. It's like, I think he might be the best wrestler they've ever had, mm-hmm. but it's not reflected at all in any of his matches. Right. And I like him as a character, but it's like, it's like, okay, he just doesn't, I feel like you could take him out of the promotion and it wouldn't have made a difference. Mm. Maybe the commissioner run is the right. only exception, and, and but everything I, I would take that out if I could <laughs> see But again, that's a missed opportunity because I'm like, right. Oh, like I, he was so hot in that moment. And then they just buried him. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk about him when he comes up. Uh, did you, did you, did you want one one right? Yeah, that was Yoko. Oh fuck. So I'm going to finish this off with my one one You are. My one one is China. Oh, you know I, what? That's a, that's an omission for me. I did not have her. Like she was someone who last time I really struggled. Like I was like, Oh, do I put her on? Like, and it feels like a lot of influence with China, uh, really unique presentation. Um, like her character work was, she didn't talk, but she was still an interesting character on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole dating Mark Henry thing is fun. Like she could do comedy right. too. Like, like I love when Eddie Guerrero pins her. And, and then when I went back and watched the pay-per-views, cause like I did watch all the pay-per-views mm-hmm. in this time period. Right. When I went back and watched them, I thought she was always good. Like there was like, she doesn't have, I think her best matches are against Chris Jericho. But that might be yeah. just because I was so invested in them. So she doesn't have great matches, but she's so far above any of the other women at the time. Right. Like she doesn't look out of place fighting the men for me. And I think that was a that was a big kind of revelation for me is that, oh, she's actually a good worker. So yeah. I'm putting her on at 109, which puts her at my cut list of maybe getting in. It's like the China to Andre. They stretch now. You're absolutely right. And rewatching um Stuff I've, I've been watching lately with her in it, like super over one of the biggest stars during that era. I mean, a big she's an integral part of DX. It gets overlooked a lot of times, too, like during the hottest streak, both versions, like the early version with Sean and Triple H, too. Yeah. So super influential. I. I yeah, I'm going to put a marker next to these <laughs> the move up, move up list. It's going to be Dolph down to uh, I mean, China up to Andrade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, she's I, I don't think she'll crack my 100. I think she like I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I think like, her importance in jump up moments is through the roof. Yeah, like if any, like so when I'm looking, you know how I'm like all oh, the top 90, I'm almost not going to touch. I'm looking very heavily at Umaga, and the Miss. <laughs> like, 
I'm like, oh, maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna go, and I'm gonna bump up China and yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, this is gonna be we're gonna we're gonna just be bashing our heads against the wall for 12 months here. Well, it's good. That's why I think it's good that we're doing it this way because we could talk through because there's probably things we wouldn't think about alone. So I'd rather do it this way than just like reveal at the end because this yeah. gives us the year to make adjustments and it gives you a year to listen to everything that we have to offer on the North South connection, which is going to include GWWE content, like not just no holds barred. We're going to have other podcasts focusing on this project uh, to help you build this list. If you didn't do one last time, or if you want to revisit as well, we're going to really help you put pencil to paper and piece this thing together along with all the other great content we offer almost every day. New Year's resolution to you, listeners, take a minute, leave a rating or review on iTunes, or share this with a friend for us to help us continue to build an audience here in our new year and continue to churn out this content. Uh, we have some potential great shows coming back that have been on hiatus. We have uh, new shows debuting. We have old favorites sticking around. There's lots of great content. Facebook.com slash Connection. Be a pal. Share it around. Yes. And as you're listening to this also, uh, please let us know where we're really off, where we're really on, because mm -hmm. as much as we're building our lists, we really appreciate all your feedback. And any discussion that this helps breed for the project is uh, just a bonus for us at this point. Agreed. Agreed. It's a lot of fun to work through, and uh, it's going to be a year-long process for us to put this together. So we'll be doing this once a month, alternating with our other project, which is rating and ranking every single WF E world title change so you'll get that once a month you get this once a month as we work through the list so we'll be back in february we'll start with 100 and go through 91 on that episode so that's it the dookie's been dropped talk to you in a couple weeks goodbye jock ass <laughs>